Yo, y'all listen up. I got something to say. I'm going to speak the truth to you, but some of y'all, you took a shortcut, a convenience this summer. You was like, coach ain't here. The season's weeks away. I got time. Are you kidding me? As a college athlete, you got four, maybe five years to be great or be forgotten. So are you home taking it easy? Somebody else is out there in the heat just about killing itself to make their name great. But you got time. Yeah, 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 yeah. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down of my soul. And I don't back down at it all. Find out when the cannons explode. From the sidelines down to the post. Put it down like not even close. All out to the last whistle blow. For the flag with the soul and crossbones. Everybody stand up. Get your hands up. Let a team know that we got their back. Yo, yo, what's good, y'all? Thank y'all for joining us here for another episode of the Midweek Breakdown presented by the Athletes Table Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kraft, and I'm going to throw it over here to my co-host, the Lebanese Stallion. What's good, everybody? Welcome back for another week of the Midweek Breakdown. I know Dylan just said that, but, you know, got to have the Lebanese Stallion put in there. Um, but we got Dylan today, we got Aaron, and we got the light of ECU cheerleading, Gabby Walreed. How's it going? Pretty good. Getting ready for game day tomorrow. Oh, I bet. You're taking your shot, yeah. Is going to be really packed next week, or this week? I don't think so because of the tropical storm. Yeah, it's round two of that already. Uh, <laughs> it's just so, a big thunderstorm. It ain't anything serious. At this point, yeah, it's nothing. No hurricane. No category five yet. Well, it's about to clear out by the time like kickoff even comes. So yeah, that's true. What time is kickoff tomorrow? Six thirty. You're supposed to know this. <laughs> I didn't do the ECU game this week. <laughs> that that is very true. Yeah, thank God I'm not. <laughs> I think I pissed off a lot of people last week with what I said. So, exactly. <laughs> My little fire up or somebody's ass. They came out running. <laughs> so, we're going to go ahead and jump right on into it, everybody. Um, so, after last week, what was some surprise uh, issues you saw going on throughout the week? I'm going to start it with Aaron. Yay, Alabama sucks. There's no other fucking ifs, ups, downs, blows. Good. God, that was a horrible fucking game. I watched it with my dad. Every fucking two minutes, I said, wow, let's start another quarterback. Let's play this retard from Notre Dame. He'll be good, right? My man can't even find the underside of a fucking coin, dude. My man sucked. You're like, oh, fuck it. Let's play this true freshman. Man literally sat there staring at the line and then looked at Nick Saban and said, daddy, please tell me what I should run. Please, dad, help me. And then the defense came around and spanked him. He said harder. Then he got out again and did the same thing. Bro, I wanted to fucking stab somebody. I was so pissed. It was so like watching like this. middle school. Bro, sport. are you mad? Dog, I was fucking pissed. <laughs> it was the stupidest game I've ever watched. Like, I wasted like an hour. The only thing beneficial of that is I got fucking free steak. That was it. Besides <laughs> that, I wanted to fucking kill myself. Good God. That was so, so, so let me ask you this. Waste of fucking time. Do you agree with the ESPN ranking dropping them to number 13 in the country? Been fucking lower. They fucking suck. <laughs> Dude, like we played like shit against yeah. fucking USF. Ah, I'm, on. <laughs> I'm still fucking pissed. So stupid. Oh my God. Such a waste of time. <laughs> right, well, well, he's not wrong at all. Either. No, I know. They That's were horrible, dude. Uh-huh. My JV team in high school could have beat Alabama last week. Uh, yeah, dude. We probably like fucking could beat Alabama last week. That was oh, God, dude, I don't know. He played pretty well for a quarter and a half there. Dog, USF could have won if they fucking punted the ball. Alabama couldn't sustain a drive. <laughs> no. Fourth down, let's go for it. We're one and five on fourth down. Let's keep doing it. Let's go. And they fucking didn't do anything. So, either Dylan or Gabby, was there anything that stood out to you guys last week in the college football uh, games or rankings or anything like that? Wait, can you repeat it? It cut off for a second. (laughs) So, for last week, was there anything interesting that caught your eye or that you thought was like, man, this is pretty big uh, in college football altogether or in the rankings or whatever? Honestly, I think Colorado's pretty overhyped with their game with Colorado State last weekend. I think just in general. Colorado's like, not overhyped. I, it's just Deion Sanders. I think like that whole like 
crowd, like his whole family just brought so too much hype to that team. Yeah. There's so a lot you can say game. about that game. I mean Colorado what about the illegal hit. Yeah. What about <laughs> what about the hit on Travis Hunter there last year? <laughs> yeah. Dear God. Out for at least I mean, three weeks. I know, dude. That, that was that was pretty bad. And I don't think they handled that situation. The refs couldn't control that game at all. Yeah. Like they had no control over that. It was there, there's words that you can say about it, and it's just it's not good for air. It's just, what do, what do you guys think about uh, Deion Sanders giving his all his players and coaches and uh, staff sunglasses because of what that was hilarious. That that was that was, that was a big move. That was hilarious <laughs> as hell. Yeah, he made five million dollars off of that. That move that was right hilarious. There. Like dude. that was worth. I will say they are like playing the NIL deals very smart, and the marketing is there. Mm-hmm. Like they definitely are raking in all the money back to Colorado that they just gave to Deion Sanders to begin with. <laughs> now, granted, we'll wait to see what Colorado does in the next couple of years with his way of recruiting and getting players in. In the next mm-hmm. couple of years, they will be really good. It's just this team isn't fully put together, and no, they no. have a lot of holes that they're going to have to fill going forward. Of course, they lost Travis Hunter for the next couple of weeks, but at the same three, three time – Three of their biggest games – yeah, yeah, Oregon, definitely. Utah. Uh, I don't actually. It's Oregon, Oregon State, and UCLA, I believe. Yeah, it's Utah or, or Oregon State. I don't remember which. One yeah, they and their rest of their schedule is not easy, and them losing Travis Hunter for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that really, really hurts. He's a Heisman tro- Trophy front runner right now, basically. Yeah. But also, nobody stepped up outside of their tight end. Their tight end played amazing. And he's a walk on. And he's a walk on. Love my walk-ons. Exactly. Praise That's Jesus. what I'm saying. Praise the walk-on. But everybody else did not come to play. Mm-hmm. And they got punched in the mouth. First uh-huh. quarter, Colorado State came out and said, hey, I am going to hit you as hard as I can, Bobby Bowden style. If I'm going to make a foul, if I'm going to draw a penalty, you're going to be on the deck. Yeah. It's going to hurt. Yeah. That's what happened. And then Deion Sanders looking at it, I was like, well, I've never had this happen before. This At least not happened. in a coaching situation. <laughs> well, the players too. Well, I'm a lot of them came. From, a lot of them came from Jackson State, and mm-hmm. they did not get hit like that in Jackson State. No. So you see what happens whenever you get punched in the mouth. They didn't handle adversity very well. Now in the second half, they came to play and started to level itself out. And of course, Shadur he showed him. He showed why he's as good as he is. <laughs> Shadur. Shadur. And so did his son, who uh, plays safety too. Yeah, Shadur played pretty good. Charlotte uh, had that pick six in there. But yeah. Shadur played – he played very, very well. He he impressed me in the second half. He was yeah. able to – he took a lot of hits. He Especially without um, he having pressure. a star wide receiver. Well, yeah, but nobody else stepped up. And that's the biggest well, I know, that's problem. What I'm and their running game receiver. wasn't there. They weren't yeah. able to run the ball. They were a one-dimensional team. Yep. So that's going to be a big issue going forward. A lot of teams are going to see that. They're going to see if they get hit hard, nobody else is going to step up. Yeah. So that's going to be one of the gigantic things you're going to see on film the next couple of weeks with that, with that Colorado team. So now that we kind of got like the express of the what happened last week. We're going to go into what are your expectations for the games this week? Because there is – I'm not sure if it's six or nine total top 25 matchups. There's um, a lot. Yeah, this, this week this has week's a lot. exciting. Yeah. So what are you guys looking forward to most this this week? Anybody can take it. See if Alabama actually has an offense or a defense, either one. Besides that, um, see if Colorado shows up as well as – we'll see if Notre Dame or Ohio State shows up because they haven't yeah. played a really big game yet. This is the first one for both of them. So we'll see who's and, and Al- actually going, in the mix. Going back to Alabama, they are favorited seven points in this game. Yeah. They haven't but, lost a back-to-back game in like ten years. I don't see how. Yeah, we're, we're going to see. Wow. Defense didn't play well. Offense didn't play well. So Yeah. Maybe that's why they're favorited because they know Nick Saban doesn't do a two big games back to back loss. Yeah, but this yeah. is not a good team. And this is not a normal Nick Saban team. No, yeah, no, definitely team. not. Definitely not. I think NIL is playing a little bit into that too. Yep. Yeah. That's why I voted against it. <laughs> so, my how about Dylan, Gabby? What, what about you guys? What are you guys looking forward to this week? See, oh my gosh, it keeps cutting out. <laughs> so, for. For this week, what are you guys? What are you looking forward to in college football? Whether it's just the ECU game or all over the spectrum, what are you kind of looking forward to? 
I want to see if Clemson will step it up this week with their game with FSU. I know FSU is definitely probably going to win with their record this season so far, but coming off of the loss with Duke a few weeks ago, I want to see if Clemson will kind of get back on the roll they had a few years ago. That's true. That's good. And then yeah. I want to see Colorado get humbled by Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, we'll get back into that one here in a few minutes. So we're actually going to talk oh, about next. that game more here in a little bit. Dylan, you got anything you're looking forward to this week? Um, I, I'll i get into a couple of my stuff here going up soon. But one of my big questions going into this week is what is the Pac-12 going to look like after this week? Because they started off very, very strong. Mm-hmm. So far this season, I think they haven't had a loss yet, but now they're going to start getting a conference play. Who's going to start weeding themselves out? Because we know what the Pac-12 has done every single year. You usually have your USC's, um, sometimes Stanford every once in a while they can have a team. But basically it's just been USC that comes out and makes mm-hmm. themselves a front runner, especially now with Kayla Williams playing the way he is. Is anybody going to really stand out outside of them? Who's going to give them a run for their money? Well, right now it looks like Oregon and Utah might be. I don't mm-hmm. But we'll find okay. out again, like you said, this week we'll kind of find out a little bit more about at least four out of four out of the top six teams in that. Conference. I think I think Utah is going to be looking good, but Oregon, we'll see. Bonex, it's yeah. Bonex. <laughs> so we'll get into that one more. Um, for me, I'm kind of looking forward to see. I know Kansas had a big win last week. I'm kind of excited to see how they go this week. Uh, it's the first ever sold out game last week and night game. They had the all dark black unis on last dude, week. They're, so they're they're unis are they're pretty gone, dope. Dude. Yeah. They so went kind of follow us. Uh, they follow us on IG, and I've been following a lot of their stuff. They're oh, I know they're they're dirty, they're, bro. They have some dirty stuff on there. Okay. But guys, we're gonna go ahead and get into the um, the nine ten games that we're gonna talk about for the week, and then we're gonna take five of those games and turn them into picks for everybody. Um, we're gonna go ahead and start out with uh, FSU Clemson, Dylan. Even though you're gonna talk mostly about this, but if anybody wants to shout out and say something about it more than welcome to step in there and say something. Yeah, don't just cut me off. That's that's just bad. No, I'll cut to you do off that. right in the middle. That's true. Okay, let me pause it real quick now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we're going to start with FSU Clemson. All you, Dylan. Yeah, this this is a toss-up game. Um, last week, Florida State got thrown to the fire. It was a set-up Damn. game. Boston College plays them good every single year. So I don't think you can take that game for – face value i think you got to really look at it for what it is boston college is just they're giant killers they play good against florida states the clemson's the unc's they play against good against them every single year so take that away take take that away the only thing about that game i really take into it is jordan travis's decision making he played awful he made stupid decisions he's running around the ball field and he's just setting himself up for failure that's why you know get hurt in the third quarter doing something stupid instead of going out of bounds like a normal quarterback now, this week is going to really show is Jordan Travis really grown this much in the last couple of years or is he just reverting back to what he's been doing in the last couple? Because um, Clemson, I, they, them boys are they're disappointing me a lot. But if you really look at it on paper, Club Nick has not played bad. And I know what y'all going to say. Y'all watched him play at Duke. If you look on paper, he hasn't played that bad. He's just under 700 yards with eight touchdowns so far. He's only thrown two picks. So if you really look at the numbers, different, huh? Paper and an actual game are different. Yeah, but they're still winning. That's true. So you can't. You oh, can't, lost say, one, you can't say they lost one against a good team with a good defense. An average team. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Duke is good, dude. Uh, if you really look out, Duke is good. So you can, okay. You can't you can't sit there and say that yeah that's yeah whatever you say but <laughs> if if you look at it on paper Club Nick has not played bad Will Shipley is still playing well he's still got over over 225 yards on the season he just hasn't found the end zone yet which is not normal for him but a lot of that has to do with play calling play calling has not been in his favor so and Duke also they took away what two three touchdowns from him because they put that other cat in there to fumble three, the ball three fumbles three fumbles yeah there. so he did a good job. That, <laughs> yeah, the deep. <laughs> um, he did great. The, the the game really is going to come down to is Jordan Travis going to come to play and whose defense is going to play better? Yeah, because both Clemson and Florida State both have very good. They have very good defenses. 
they have top-notch guys with first-round draft picks on both sides of the ball. So it's really going to come down to whose quarterback is going to come play, who's going to have the running game to be able to keep it two-dimensional, whose quarterback is going to hit their targets and get the playmakers their ball. That's what it's really going to come down to. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and throw it over to the next game, which is the one that I'm excited to hear about just because of who's talking about it and what we're talking about. We're going to the Ole Miss-Alabama game. Depression. Depression one against depression two. <laughs> Old Miss has good old Lane Kiffin, who's an absolute asshole who likes to only play offense and not play defense. Alabama at the moment does not have a good defense or a good offense. So, <laughs> uh, it's gonna. I still think it's a toss up. We'll see. I'm hoping Milrose is gonna build off of not playing for a game. I don't know why the fuck Saban did that. Maybe he mm-hmm. hurt Saban's feelings because you know Saban's that type of person, which makes no fucking sense. But. <laughs> I mean, the defense looked terrible last game, so they better show up. If they show up, I think Alabama wins. If they don't show up, Old Miss is going to literally score 60, 70, 80 points. In Tuscaloosa. Old, Old, Miss, Old yeah. Miss is an absolute offensive juggernaut. Their defense isn't the best, but their offense is pretty stupid because it's just going to be an absolute – it's going to be constant scoring. And if Alabama can score, it'll be a good game, but Alabama's got to show up. This is their that's, last chance. That's typical Lane Kiffin, too. Yeah, Lane, yeah. that's yeah. why I did it the previous school before that, dude. It was just straight. How many points can we score? Defense? Eh, we'll, we'll think about that one day. But offense? Well, let's do that. I like that. It's fun. Yeah. That's all it's about. No, so, I don't think you're wrong there. I think you're pretty much right all the way through on that one. It's going to be um, an interesting game. Yeah. So that kind of throws us up north to the Big Ten where we're going to talk about Iowa and Penn State. You know, Iowa is not favorited at all. They're <laughs> – they're only looked at maybe like 13% chance to win tomorrow, but they are 3-0. They are 1-0 in the um, – I'm sorry, they're only 3-0. They haven't played a Big Ten game yet, but it's going to come down to Cade McNamara versus uh, Alera, you know, the two quarterbacks for each team. Last week you got Cade McNamara who threw four TDs but had three interceptions. You had, hey, yeah. one positive. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> one more touchdown than fucking but. hit. That's what I'm talking about. Watch the Hawkeyes go in there and lay an egg on the nitty titty kitties. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, you got to remember, McNamara is used to playing in big games. He is a Michigan guy. He was there for four yeah, years. Sorry, Michigan. the word Michigan. But he's used to the big games and all that. Disgusting. No one likes Michigan. <laughs> I'm with you. I hate the team up north, but that's just me. I just don't like Harbaugh, then. Fuck Harbaugh. No, same. <laughs> But then you got Drew Allaire, who threw for four TDs and 300 plus yards. So, um, and they're playing in, uh, they're playing up in Penn State. So, Happy Valley. We'll see how that kind of turns out. They're but not happy with, about that valley. <laughs> well, you never know. Only if it's a whiteout game, that's the best time it's to be up there. I mean, yeah, that's true. You know, it's the loudest stadium when it's a whiteout game up there at night which is usually mm-hmm. held for Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State. So we'll see if they can add in anything to that. Um, now we're going to throw it over to the, the Auburn-Texas A&M game. Dylan, that's all you, big dog. So on, this is uh, this is going to be a toss-up game. It's really going to depend on can Texas A&M stop the ball? Uh, Auburn, the last couple of weeks, their offense looked really good. Coach Hugh Freeze has really got the boys rolling. Oh, uh, yeah, the only problem is they've got a lot of injuries on the defensive side. They've got two cornerbacks that are going to be out for this game. Um, one hasn't even hit the field so far, and the other one, he's going to be out for a considerable time is what Q Freeze came out and said. So, really, it's it's going to be a toss-up here. ESPN has Texas A&M winning this game 67%. Um, going to be about a seven-point ball game, I think, um, over-under. But uh, – I don't know. Uh, Auburn's going to come into this game. They're 3-0, looking to go 4-0. Um, if you look back at 2019, they actually came into Kyle Field 3-0, and that's the last time that they went 4-0. They beat them 28-21 in that ball game as well. So I know they're going to be trying to repeat history on this. But um, as for AM, their their quarterback is the only player that they really have that can make a difference. Uh, Connor Wegman has been playing lights out ball, man. He's been throwing – I think he's thrown for over 900 yards so far this year. And he, he's been he's been tossing the pigskin around, man. So, 
if they can get rolling with him and then open it up for the run later on, I think they've got a real good chance of winning this ball game. But is Auburn going to be able to stop them? And that's going to be the real question here. Yeah. So as we go from a game like that, a big time, two big teams, we're going to go to a BYU versus Kansas game. Aaron, that's all you. That one, honestly, for me, is going to be a toss-up. Yes, they both played really good games last week, but they were both also were close games. So there, it's going to be an absolute trench game. I hope I'm hoping both teams either. Uh, I don't really want both defenses, but I want both offenses to play well. I want kind of just a constant, constant scoring. That'd be fun, fun game. Yeah, like it's just going to come down to be can BYU stop Kansas running the ball. Yeah. That's really going to be the biggest thing. We're going to see. It's going to be a definitely interesting game, fun game to watch. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. So now we're going to get into one of the more anticipated games of the day, besides the Ole Miss Alabama. Um, it's going to be Colorado Oregon. Gabby, I don't know if you want to say anything about this one. You seem to know a lot about these two teams right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but like I've just been stalking like everything about Colorado this week, especially because I have a teammate that lives. She's from like the Boulder area. Mm-hmm. And so she's been just nonstop in my ear about it and <laughs> has been hyping up Colorado. But honestly, that Oregon's opening game this season was far more than impressive with scoring wise that I, when I was researching it today, mo- majority of the people were saying that they're most likely going to score 50 points on Colorado, especially with Travis Hunter being out and their defense just necessarily isn't that strong mm-hmm. this season. So. You can th- You can definitely throw against that Colorado defense. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. and they they can definitely get overpowered as well on the run game. But Oregon, that's not really their strong suit. Their strong suit is being able to run around you, um, and you can't do that with Colorado. They got a bunch of dogs; they're quick as hell. So it's going to be hard to run around Colorado, but you can definitely run mm-hmm. through them. And if Oregon decides, hey, I'm gonna buck up and take you downfield, yeah, yeah, it's so gonna be me, ugly. Let me ask you guys this: So Pat McAfee is in Colorado this week or today? I think he might have been there yesterday too. But he was out there filming today and had um, a few of the guys on. And um, actually, I'm sorry, he's in he's in uh, Notre Dame right now. But he had a few of the guys from Colorado on today, and he's not doubting Colorado against Oregon. He's kind of taking Oregon. He's saying Oregon's not as impressive as Colorado is. That Colorado has a little bit more to prove, so they can play a little bit harder, especially without Travis Hunter. Do you guys kind of agree with that? They're going to come out a little bit like with a punch to the face to Oregon first, or do you think that they're going to take the I think first? Oregon's going to absolutely slap the hell out of them. I think Colorado has a chance to come back and play well because Oregon's probably going to get it, like scoring a good amount. Be like, all right, they're not that all. They're hyped up to be. And then Colorado's going to start scoring because, I mean, even if they're overhyped, his son, Deion Sanders' quarterback son, is pretty damn good. Yeah. So we'll see. But, I mean, like you said before, all they have is a tight end and nothing else. So the possibility of it being crap is – very very high yeah yeah you guys both agree with me yeah yeah okay i I think i think colorado is gonna start to figure out they're playing big boy ball yeah and uh some of these guys don't they don't they don't take some of these antics that uh dion's been able to do and get that team up he's doing a great job i like dion i've talked i've talked a lot of junk about him on this show i like dion i like the way he I'm, a believer. I'm sorry i'm a believer so you know he, he's he is a old traditional bobby bowden florida state player I love that about him. I I love the way that he coaches the game. He knows the game more than just about anybody else. Um, it's just they're taking they're taking a little bit of their um, they're they're taking their sights off of what's been truly important in the game yeah. sometimes, and you can kind of tell on the field. But I mean, I'm pulling for Colorado. Don't get me wrong. I want the boys to win. I want them to come out and I want to slap slap dick and be able to do whatever the hell they want to do on the ball field. I really want to, but. They're not giving me a whole lot of hope when it comes to starting again this ranked play that they're going to be going to because their schedule going on for the next five, six weeks is tough. They've got a tough road to sled. Yep. So we're going to stay in the same conference. We're going to go to Oregon State, Washington State. Two top top 25 teams, kind of a surprise with Oregon State, but we do know who their quarterback is. It's DJ Ukulele. Ukulele. Oogie woogie. <laughs> oh, and they're playing against the Washington State team. So in Washington, um, mm-hmm. Dylan, this is all you. Yep, this is the Pac-2 championship, baby. 
This is the only <laughs> two teams left that haven't decided to leave the Pac-12 next year. So this is a really big game for both. They've been making a big deal about this down, down at Pullman. Um, Seven o'clock game, Fox. Yep. Prime time, baby. Better show up. The only thing is, is DJ going to be able to play? Because uh, last week he did not look very well. If you look back, 14 for 30 with, I think it was like just under like 250 yards, something like that. He did not play good at all. Um, the only thing that's been carrying them is their running backs. Yeah. Da- uh, Damian Martinez, that boy looks good. That's a big boy. He's running the ball hard, eight yards per carry. And uh, I think it was what, 300, yeah, 350 yards so far in the season. Uh, between him and their backup running back, Deshaun Fenwick, he's been running the ball as well. So their offense is kind of starting to get one-dimensional if DJ doesn't come out and play. Yep. So are they going to be able to keep up with Washington? Because Washington's got a juggernaut as an offense. They, yep. Cam Ward has been throwing the ball all over the yard, but they are one-dimensional as well. They cannot run the ball. Cam has been the only one running the ball, and he has led the team so far in runs. Their running back ain't even on the board when it comes to their running game. So, and that's an issue. That's a gigantic issue. Their defense has struggled as well, guard in the past. So, this may be a chance for DJ to come out and say, Hey, I'm here to play. I can actually play to this level compared to what my Clemson coaches were saying the last couple of years. Yeah. So, he should be coming in with a chip on his shoulder for this game and saying, This is a chance for me to actually prove that I can he play. Yeah. So, this is going to be a very Tough game, I think. I think it's going to be a very close scoring game as well. So now we're going to throw it to stay in the conference again. Still another uh, top 25 matchup. Actually, I think a top 15 matchup, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. We got UCLA, Utah. Aaron, what do you got? Utah's going to win. They need a redemption game. This is going to be it versus UCLA. They're going to play like they're actually ranked. It's the last game they did not play the best. This game will definitely hop back on the horse and ride off into the sunset. Ye <laughs> doggy Yeah, that's about it. So, Gabby, all you, Gardner-Webb, ECU. I know you're hearing on the sideline tomorrow, but it's going to be a decent game. FCS versus FBS, but, you know, ECU is 0-3 with unfortunate circumstances happening last week and um, the week before with the rain delay and stuff. But what do you got on these two? Well, I think after this, like, past few weeks, ECU definitely has a fire lit under their ass, especially with the donors, Pirate Club members, kind of being angry towards the record this season so far. Um, Mike Houston and our athletic director has had many conferences talking about how our expectations for this season needs to change. It's a building year. We've lost a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. I think it will be a close game, but the past few games we've played we've been just a first half team so i think it just might be a toss-up because i just don't know how they're going to carry the second half honestly yeah we'll have to see yeah i I agree with that they are a first half team they don't show up after that third quarter is over they don't show up they are they're they're a three-quarter team they're not no quarter is just not a thing anymore (laughs) (laughs) it's no quarter for them not for everybody else should they be should they be making a quarterback change this week I think Alex is going to start again because mm-hmm. he did pretty well at App last weekend. Um, I was watching the conference that Mike Houston was saying, or Mike Houston had about talking about Alex, and they were just going back on film. And Alex is definitely hard on himself, but he's also a walk-on redshirt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. another walk-on, he, baby. Walk-on. He's <laughs> very critical over mistakes Ooh. he's made the past week, so I think he's definitely going to step it up. This team seems more relaxed when he's in. They don't seem so uh, fidgety, so agitated. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the right word is, but they just don't seem frantic. Yeah, you see, like Mason just freaking out behind the line, and like he played like right before halftime at App and completely freaked out and got sacked, and it was just you can just tell he's not ready. I don't think. They did the right thing of not exposing him to any playing time his past three years here. They've only put Holton in and never really gave him a chance. Like his opening game was in the big house this season. Yeah. Like I don't think that was a fair advantage to no. they should have started him towards the end of last season a little bit, had him in against South Carolina in the beginning yeah. and stuff like that, just to get you used to the type of play that you're expected to play, especially under Mike Houston, who is a I think a really good coach. 
Um, yes, he's still learning the FBS. He was an FCS for the longest time. So, um, But at the same time, too, you got to really think about it. It was not realistic for him to get a whole lot of playing time compared to ECU the last couple of years have been looking to go to a bowl game. Yeah. And that, that team, every single year, they were looking to go go bowling at some point. After or another. Coach Mo was fired, yes. Yeah, Coach Houston, he's he has done a good job so far. It's just this year he's got a gigantic test as the, yeah. the quarterback. It's not just the quarterback play too. Yeah. Guys um, are dropping balls left and right too. The, and it's like I said last week, uh, the defense has been playing very well. I, I like the way I've yes. what I've seen out of the defense. It's just they're mm-hmm. on the field way too long. We're not sustaining drives and being able to get them breaks in order to k- stay fresh into the second half. That's why they're not a well, second he- half team because they're tired. Yeah. yeah, you saw that burnout last week in App. What was it? That fourth quarter was just awful. The last yeah. like you could just tell. four minutes into the fourth, it started just yep. torpedo down. Yeah, so well, it'll be interesting to see. I'm definitely excited about the game. I think it'll be a good, not head hanging game for them if they win. You know, yeah. it'll be something if they win big, they'll be like, all right, we can handle it. We can handle this. It's just now let's go put it against other teams. But the thing is, too, what if they go into this game and it ends up – say we win the game, right? But, it's but like, it ends up being a close game with an yeah. FCS team. That, that's, that, that's almost, that's almost just as deflating as losing the game. Well, that, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, if they win big, it's not a head-hanging game. Right? right, right. But if they win by three to – I'd say anywhere between three and ten. Then they need to be like, all right, we need to read. Well, this would also be the game to actually try some stuff out. Try exactly. something different. This is the opponent to do it. Not saying I'm not saying anything bad about Gardner Webb, but we should be a lot better athlete talent wise than Gardner mm-hmm. Webb is. So this should be the time in order for them to open up their playbook. Let's try a couple of different stuff. Let's put and a little bit different personnel in there. Quarterbacks a little bit. You know, let each one play a half or something like that or a quarter. And then whoever's hot, that's who you leave in. Well, not only that, try a different offensive scheme. That too. Try, right? try a couple of different route schemes. Try to open up moving stuff around. Allow them to audible. See different coverages. Yep. Be Let them be free. Let them play. Because a lot of it, too, in Mason, and we don't know the underlying cause – it may be that he's being like micromanaged and they're yeah, telling him, this is the offense I want you to run. You need to look for this guy or this guy, because for what I've seen, he's looking at one person, maybe has time to see a second person and get out of the pocket. You can't play the quarterback position like that. And I we don't remember. Time- oh, I'm sorry. I, didn't, I thought you were done. Sorry. No, uh, we've seen that time and time again with different quarterback. Jamarcus Russell. Was a yes. gigantic person. It was like that at LSU. They said you're looking at one person and then you're running. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins, same exact way. One person, one person, go. Use your legs. That doesn't work whenever you play big time football. It does well, it, not it, work. It doesn't work when your team's not designed to play that way. Like when your offensive line is not built that way, when you don't have wide receivers built that way, a running game that's not existing right now. Like if they right. had Keith Mitchell who was running the ball consistently well last year, it would have been a different story. Well, no, but, if they had the offensive line that they had last year, it would be a different well, story because the you, offensive line has a lot to do with well, why they're not able boys, to run the ball. They're big boys this year. They they look bigger than last year's offensive line. Yeah, they may be big, but they're slow and useless. Well, they're not, they're not stopping anybody. Well, sure. They have no time. Brigham Mason has two seconds to throw the ball. So Their well, running backs can't break the line of scrimmage. So that, so that's what I was talking about here. If, I believe it was – it might have been – H.O. Acho on ESPN on Get Up or was on Pat McAfee. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was talking about as and RG three was the one mentioning this, and then they both kind of agreed on it. When a quarterback is not used to playing in big time football, like in the big house or whatever, they pretty much NFL college doesn't matter. They control half of the field only, so they only mm-hmm. get two reads to look at, not all four, not all three, whatever it is, and so. That might be what's going on, like how you said micromanage. That's probably what's going on here with Mason Garcia. But I as soon so as too. Flynn steps in, because Flynn has that confidence playing with that little bit of a chip on his shoulder, has sees the field really well, can kind of see the defense coming at him, it's more open for him. So this might, like you said, might be the opportunity for Mason to have the playbook open, let him see what he can do. If he plays well enough, they might – let them have the whole playbook next. Well, see that that's and that's exactly what I'm trying to say. If you yeah. look in, if you look back during spring practice, mm-hmm. there there was a lot of reports saying Alex Flynn looked so much better for completion mm-hmm. rates, seeing the whole field, going down with his progressions, and hitting the spots that he needs to hit. 
You didn't see Mason doing that. Mason was making the big plays because he's got an arm. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's, ter- he's terrified to let the ball loose when it comes to the actual big time time to go. The things and a lot of a lot of that may have to do with what exactly what you're saying. They're not giving them the whole field to work with. Now we don't know that. No, it may it may be a complete mental thing with him right now, and he's just not able to catch up to speed because of the lack of experience. It's a good extra year to play. And granted, that's it's partly on him. It's partly on the coaching staff. It's partly on the timing of whenever he came in. Because you can say the same thing. What about the Alabama quarterbacks that that have been there now and they're coming in and not playing very well? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and get on to the next game. It's Ohio State Notre Dame. Does anything need to be said? Top 10 matchup in in Chicago or in Illinois. Um, Everybody's kind of saying that Notre Dame's going to win, like Lou Holtz and Pat McAfee and all these guys. Uh, But Ohio State is favored by ESPN, 65-34, 65-35 roughly, give or take. It's really going to depend on how does Kyle McCord play for Ohio State and does Hartman really rush to throw the ball, like to try more than he needs to do, mm-hmm. uh, which he, we saw that him do that in um, in Wake Forest when he was there. He would sometimes in big games force a little bit more than he needed to. He didn't have the complete faith on his teammates and stuff. But if he gets this win, I believe he's the Heisman front runner now that Travis Hunter's hurt. I think um, the biggest thing for this game, sorry to interrupt you, no, is, no, you is if Ohio State or Notre Dame shows up because they haven't played big games. No. Ohio State hasn't looked good in the first few games. This last game, they played pretty well. They figured out the identity. But again, yeah. that was against a crap opponent where it's like, all right, we're playing the JV team. How do you want to play your offense today, boys? Line up. Everybody gets a, a little orange. You can go eat during the game because we don't care. It's yeah. going to literally be who can actually – play the football they are meant to play in a big and see and, that, and that's the big difference too between the two quarterbacks it's just like the same thing going on with alabama you had a quarterback there that was there for two three plus years yep. um sat his time got his start whatever was ready for it same thing in alabama you uh utah notre dame um sam hartman started three out of the last four years and he's going into his fifth year starting so you know that that plays a big role too in the confidence of a player when they're starting as a qb for the last few years yep, yep. but we are in the most anticipated time that the fans are here for game day picks. So we do got a couple of good games we're gonna call first. Yeah, Let's you gotta see. beat Dakota. You gotta beat three yeah. and two. That's pretty you easy. Gotta three and Dakota's, two. Dakota's done. That's, that's a lot of pressure. Nah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty easy to beat. We're, we're gonna start out with an easy one here. We're gonna start with an easy one here. We're gonna start with FSU and Clemson in Death FSU. Valley. FSU. <laughs> He's already on it. <laughs> what do you, What do you think the score is going to be? Oh, I don't know. Probably like. Take a while, I, I guess. I would. I don't know the specific score, but I feel like it would be like a fourteen point advantage okay. on FSU. Okay, I'll, I'll just make sure it's a fourteen point game. Is what I'll say. Okay, Dylan, how are you? What do you think? I got Florida State winning this game. I think George Travis has learned his lesson and. He's not going to go run the ball like a dumbass and actually get the ball to his receivers like he should be doing. Um, running back, running game looks pretty strong mm-hmm. as long as their defense can hold up. I think, and I think they will. So I'm going to say Florida State's going to win 24 to 14. Okay. Okay. Kind of keeping it in the same 10 to 14 yeah, point range. Exactly. Aaron, what do you got? 35 14. Florida State wins. Clemson sucks. <laughs> Boo Tigers. It's literally going to be that simple. I don't think Clemson's learned anything from even when they lost to Duke. Yeah. That their yeah. quarterback is not all that he's chalked up to be, and they don't want to give their the ball to the one running back who was considered one of the best running backs in college football. He was he was the one of the highest recruits they have too. Yeah, the, and they don't want to give him the ball. I don't know if they don't want to get him get him to get hurt or whatever the hell, but I mean they don't give him the ball. It's just so cool. weird that they're not doing that. I know. I don't Maybe understand it. Hopefully, this is the week that we see Shipley get the ball. I hope they do. I mean, I, I hope Clemson's able to come out and actually play football like they're accustomed to playing. Yeah. Um, if K goes out there and just hits his, hits his receivers, maybe get one touchdown or two, um, just don't turn the ball over and let the running game work. 
Yeah, well, that's really let, hard. Let the boys know. I know, but it is it is very hard for them right now. They're just – Well, and, and as hard as you can see FSU on the road, the only time that they really showed who they were was in a neutral site game against LSU. That's true. The When they were in Boston College, they eh, looked mediocre at best that game. Um, a few good plays here and there, but that was about it. Going into Death Valley is a different experience. You know, it's it's not like going into – Chapel Hill, App State, ECU, South Carolina. It's it's a little bit different of an experience. Um the big the big problem I had with last week too with Florida State is they went up big in the third quarter and then they went on autopilot. Yeah. And they that, let, let Boston College come right back. Yeah. And that's what that's what scares me about this team. Yeah. I mean, I'm because it's in Death Valley. Um, and I think FSU is kind of looking for that loss. I think they're, you know, they the last two weeks they've kind of been searching for that loss a little bit. I think Clemson might have figured out, okay, we got to hand the ball to Shipley as most, most as much as we can. Um, but I think it's only going to be a three point game in the very end, and I think it's going to end up being Clemson, and I believe it might be twenty one to twenty four, twenty four to twenty one. I can see that. So that that's kind of where I'm saying that. I mean, it could be a little bit lower than that, but that's, I mean. Just because it's Death Valley. If it wasn't in Clemson and it was in Florida State in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. it would have been the opposite. Florida State up 35-14, like Aaron said. Um, yeah, it's, gonna... it's, it's a close game. Oh, yeah. It's, it's gonna definitely going to be really close. It's mm-hmm. going to be within that 14-point margin for sure. It's not going to be over 14 at all. I agree. Um, we're going to go to the next big game of the week. We're going to start off with Gabby, if she wants. Colorado, Oregon. Since you have so much to talk about Colorado and how bad they are, we're going to go ahead and throw it away. I'll give them some grace. I'm going to say Oregon, and we're going to do 45 to 24. Uh, That's not much grace at all. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron, what do you think? Oh, good God. Um, let's go with the casual. I think Oregon's going to score 49 points. I think Colorado's going to score 35. Okay. okay. I could definitely be wrong on that because Deion Sanders likes to prove everybody wrong, but this is going to be a tough game without Travis Hunter. Oh, Such yeah. I believe game. so, too. I mean, he's played over, I believe, in the first three weeks before the injury. He already had, like, 200 snaps in his belt. Yeah. Um, Somewhere, somewhere right around that 200 snap mark is where he was at. Dylan, what do you got? I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I believe it's going to be a three-point ball game, but it's going to go the other way around for Colorado. I think Oregon's is going to win 48-45. Okay. I can see that, dude. Okay. I think it's going to be a high-scoring ball game. <laughs> um, what did you say the score was? I'm sorry. 48-45. 48-45. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be – you know, playing in Eugene is a little bit different of an atmosphere, especially when you got those bright neon green uh, jerseys and neon yellow helmets coming at you the whole way, going 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon, they look good. As Gabby had said earlier, they look good in their first game. Um, Colorado, though, last time I chose against them, they won. So, I mean, I kind of have to go with the Colorado scheme. Even without Travis Hunter, man, I- I'm a believer in prime. You know, I, I'm with them there. So it's I think Dakota it's gonna be Jr. Hey, hey, I said it before. <laughs> him, okay. <laughs> I'm the going. Battle of the foreigners. I'm battle going. of the foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Colorado. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a surprise. I'm going Colorado 28 24. Oh, low scoring game. Exactly. That's I see. It's also a possibility Colorado is just going to outscore outscore Oregon yeah. for some random reason. I mean, he already has in three games twelve hundred plus yards. Yeah, Shander. College football has over eight hundred. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll see. I know that, that's it's going to be a big test for both teams. I think. I think it is now too. We go Ole Miss, Alabama. Aaron, we're going to go ahead and let you go first because we know who you're going to choose. But... I'm hoping Alabama's going to win. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to – let's go with a high-scoring game. Let's go 49, uh, you know, 42. Alabama wins. Okay, okay. So it's just gonna Did come... they get a free agent last week on quarterback? <laughs> yeah, or... Milro. Yeah, Milro's actually going to play oh, the game instead they of having have a Julio second or... <laughs> Basically. Good gosh. They must have got Julio Jones back and uh... – 
Najee Harris back there. Must have picked up Taysom Hill somewhere on the road. I'm believing, dude. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I'm believing. Gabby, what do you got? What do you think about this one? I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say 29, Alabama, almost 22. Okay. Okay. Um, Dylan, how about you? It does change things that Milrow is going to be playing. Um, I you think he's going to be against Texas. Yeah. But yeah, he also I, played a complete game. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas she's like, Dad, how do I throw the ball? This isn't like <laughs> Notre Dame. <laughs> you know, he had a this... seizure on the field. <laughs> Buckner. Dude, he was so bad, field. dude. <laughs> My problem is, and I'm very curious to know, they were getting beat that bad last week, and Milrow did not see the field at all. So yeah. I'm very curious to know what happened behind closed doors between Saban and Milrow. Save it off. There's yes, he, he had to. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no off. way. Saban is not – like, he's got an ego. Like, he's got one of the biggest egos in college football, period. But he deserves it. Six championships, you know he deserves it. Yeah, I'm not denying that. But I'm saying he's got it. If you piss him off or say one wrong thing to him, he will keep you off the field for whatever reason he decides. Yeah. So I'm very curious to know what Milrose said or did to piss off Saban that much for them to almost get beat by USF and not him not see the ball field. Yep. So that it kind of skews the way I see things going into this game. Um, I no, don't know. I don't know if Milrose is going to play as good as he possibly could, especially being out the week that he did. He was there to to bring his teammates up. Um, you sent all on the field celebrating the touchdowns whenever they did. So he's still with the team as like they are together as one, opposed to him just being like this is this is me. I'm not worried about everybody else. Um, I think he's going to come out and play. I just don't know which Milrose we're actually going to see. Yeah. So see him too. Yeah, so I'm going to give Ole Miss the edge here. I think they're going to score, let's put it, 38-21. to So Ole Miss with that victory. Yes. Well, I got to say hotty toddy for that one for sure. I'm, I'm with hotty Ole Miss. Toddy. Um, All I think, Rebels. I think Daddy Kiffin finally gets his dub against Daddy Saban. Um, but I think it's going to be like 38-24 there. So kind of on the same boat as you just – I, I'm giving points. So now we're going to go to the game Gabby's been waiting for all day to hear everybody's thoughts about uh, Gardner Webb versus ECU. We are going to go ahead and start with Aaron because I know he doesn't follow much of ECU anymore, but who do you got? Uh, I think it's going to be Gardner Webb. ECU just hasn't looked too good in the last three games. They just have a lot to sort out still. Yeah. What do you, what do you think the score is? Mm, let's go 28-21. Let's make it a close game. Okay, okay. Um, Dylan, what are you? What about you? I'm actually going to give ECU the edge on this one. I'm cutting my break here. Um, I think Alex Flynn is going to go out there and control the ball game. I think he's going to try to sustain some of these drives that, need, that the defense is going to need. Davis is going to come out and stop the ball. And I don't see their offense scoring a lot, but I see their defense playing a lot better than their offense. So, I'm going to give ECU the edge on this one. We're going to go – let's go 30 to 18. Okay. Gabby? Gardner-Webb all the I'm way. Gonna say, <laughs> I'm going to say ECU. Okay. But I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm going to say maybe like 30 to 24. Okay. Yeah, I think it's all going to depend on Alex Flynn for me. Um I was sitting next to his parents at the game last week, and when he got hurt in the end of the second quarter, it was his shoulder, and his dad goes, he better suck it up, Buttercup, is all he kept saying. And he yelled out some other profanity words and stuff like that. <laughs> Natural <laughs> father instinct. <laughs> my son's an idiot. He better play better ball. I was so happy to be sitting next to him because That's it was so much boy. fun. Um, so I think with having that mentality in him, I think you're going to see him come out, and I think you're going to see him throw for like four touchdowns tomorrow. Um, now it's going to be okay. How well does the offense or the defense hold up for ECU? Um, are they going to be on the field too long? All that kind of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think ECU definitely, but I'm going to go, uh, I think it's going to be more of a blowout. I think you're going to see it like 44 to 14. Um, 
because I think they're going to finally establish the running game against this team. So that, that's the big thing. And then we got the biggest game in college football this week by the rankings here. We got Ohio State, Notre Dame. Dylan, we're going to throw this one to you first. What do you think? Ohio State doesn't impress me. Um, and that's not because I don't like Ohio State. That's actually because their offense looks discombobulated. Their defense looks average. It's typically what I think about Ohio State. Um, they got a they got decent, uh, decent defense. They got somewhat decent cornerbacks. They got good linebackers. Um, they're just not getting the pressure they need to up front. No. Um, as for their offense, it's it, it's just not there for me. I don't trust it. I don't trust McCord. Um, he hasn't played well so far this season, and it's not Ohio State football. Um, it's a rebuilding year like Alabama. He, yeah, well, Ryan Day can't exactly keep a 40 oh, and a half. Yeah. Yeah, he can't he can't keep a 40 to do that. So I think if he loses to Michigan this year, he's gone. Yeah. So I'm gonna give Notre Dame to think this this ball game. Um I trust Sam Hartman. I think he is gonna go into this. It's changed with him since he's went to Notre Dame. He's got players. He knows he doesn't have to keep making the plays again and again and again, like you've seen that he did at Wake Forest. Um, that offense, it was him. Mm-hmm. This offense, it's not just him. Now, he's getting all the shine on ESPN because, of course, he's a quarterback, and yeah. he's one of the uh, uh, the front runners for the Heisman this year. So far, if we're doing, if we're doing early looks, it's him, Michael Penix Jr., and Shadir Sanders right now. And uh, that that freshman from USC, the, that kid looks really good too. Oh, yeah. um, but I'm I'm gonna go with Sam Hartman and the boys here. We're gonna get Notre Dame forty two to Ohio State thirty two. Okay, um, Gabby, how are you? I think it's gonna be a pretty close game, especially with being at Notre Dame's home advantage. I'm gonna say thirty one Notre Dame. Ohio State 28. And then, Aaron, what do you got? It's still such a toss-up, but I do think Notre Dame's going to pull it out. I think it's going to be 28-21. I think Notre Dame will have just the edge. Just like you're saying, their quarterback is a lot more confident in his play. But, again, this game is still a toss-up because we don't have neither one of them have played a good opponent, so it's going to really be a battle, which should be fun to watch. I think it's going to really come down to – Travion Henderson, who is the big-time runner, mm-hmm. he's a good running back. I think it's going to be how well can he and his backup running backs establish the run against Notre Dame, um, whereas you already know what Notre Dame's going to do. They've been doing it all year so far, all three games. Um, they showed it when they played Navy in Ireland. They showed it weeks after that. Um, as much as it pains me to say, being an Ohio State fan, I'm going to have to say Notre Dame, but I'm going to keep it really a lot closer than what you guys have even more. Uh, I think it's going to be 28-27 Notre Dame. Oh, that would be a hell of a game to finish. It would be. I can see that too. Because it's a noon game. It's an early kickoff game. It's not a late like 8, 9 o'clock game like we usually Mm -hmm. see when it's big teams like this. Um, So I think that's going to kind of play an advantage for Ohio State. But I do think that the advantage overall is going to go to Notre Dame because they are at home. But we have seen, too, where Ohio State, without having great QBs and great defenses, have gone into places, beat the team at home over the last five, six years, and look really well like they haven't looked all season. I am kind of surprised that they scheduled this game so early. They knew that this was going to be a big game. That that's why I think it's gonna be like a one point different. I don't even think I think three points is too much in my opinion. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with you with that. That's um, why it's so hard for me to call, okay, is it gonna be Notre Dame, Ohio State? Because I think it's almost a 50-50 shot. I, I don't think so, you have to choose a team. I do I do have a question now that we're wrapping up picks. Yeah. Um going into the rest of the season, what is something that you're really gonna be looking at so far to what to show which teams are gonna separate themselves from the rest of the pack? Um, because something I've noticed every week with our picks, they're all high scoring games. Mm-hmm. Right now, college football has turned into an offensive slugfest. 
-hmm. which defense is going to come out and start stopping the ball more and more right. and more. Because we know whenever we get to the college football uh, championship game, it's always who has the better defense. Who so has, far, make that one extra play. So far, we haven't seen any defenses set themselves up better than everybody else, especially in the SEC. You don't really see one time that you saw that, and that was Texas, Alabama. Texas kind of sh defense showed up a little bit there. I don't right. think so. I think it Alabama shot themselves in the foot. That's yeah, true. I mean, a lot it was of that. a definitive stance. That Milrow threw three interceptions that game. That's not Texas. That's Milrow making stupid decisions. So a lot, a lot of you see these games. It's not the defense is playing better than the offense. A lot of it is just the offense is either making stupid decisions or they're outrunning everybody. Mm -hmm. So what defense is actually going to come out to play? And that's what I've noticed in college football right now. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, well, when you go to a game, what do you go for? You don't go for the defense to make stops. You go to watch the points. And I understand they've so, set the rules up for offenses to reign supreme. I mean, that's even going into the NFL, too. So, I mean, like you're seeing that. Oh, yeah. I mean, defensive they, players getting recruited as much as you see offensive players. Like, yeah, you might see a Micah Parsons every now and then, or you might see like a Nick Joey Bosa or like a uh, um, Hutchinson or something like that come out of every now and then. But you're not going to see it like you will on the offensive side of the ball where you got the star talent after talent after talent coming in. I, I wish they would, they would have coaches like they used to to look at the defensive guys and say, I want you to rip somebody's head off and I don't care how. Like John I would absolutely like, love it. And like all those guys did back in like New Orleans back in the early 2000s. I am so sick of seeing 50-point ball games. Mm -hmm. it, honestly, and I'm a quarterback guy. I like I grew up a quarterback. That's what I played whenever I was playing. I can't stand to keep on seeing these 50-point ball games because it's easy to throw the ball all over the yard. It's yeah. easy to rack up 400 yards now. It's not impressive anymore. No. What when am I going to see a def a defensive edge rusher absolutely dominate a game, just like homie over at Clemson right now? He's playing out lights out right now, and there's also another one for Florida State that's playing lights out. But when's the rest of the ball club going to start playing like guys like that and get back to where college football used to be? Because this whole offense is scoring four or five hundred yards, we're going uh, fifty points a game. That's got to stop. Yeah, we gotta we gotta see one team come out and challenge somebody on the defensive side of the ball. Make them make plays. That's that's the team you're gonna see go 15 and 0 and go to the go to the playoffs. That was what we saw with Georgia last year. Yeah, but I don't think Georgia's like that this year. I don't think any team is like that this year. Unfortunately. No, they're not. Um, but there is one question I have to ask, Dylan. Okay. See how my name is the Lebanese Stallion, Gabby's is Gabby Walreed, and Aaron's is just Aaron. Why wasn't yours the Pelvic Buster? <laughs> the Pelvic Buster. <laughs> the magician himself. I don't, have, I don't have a drink to take a sip of right now. <laughs> Next week, I got you. Make sure the Pelvic Buster makes an appearance. I had to. I had to bring that in. Better you than Gabby. Gabby did it the whole time last time. I did it earlier tonight, too. You did. That's true. Yeah, it's two drinks. Two drinks, yeah. <laughs> I got some in the fridge. I mean, I can get one. What do you mean? We can make that work. Yeah, yeah. But, Gabby, thank you for joining us this week. Um, good luck tomorrow with everything. And thank hopefully you. East will pull out the victory. Represent thank our Pirates. Yeah. Pirates by 90, baby. Pirates by 90. We'll see. <laughs> Supposed to have confidence, man. <laughs> I mean, regardless, I'm going to cheer them on the whole time. She's legally obligated. Uh... <laughs> kind of have to. Got to pay the bills. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they don't pay any of my bills. <laughs> my bills are paid. <laughs> my bills are paid. <laughs> But again, thank you for joining us. Glad you were on here. I know this will probably be the last time you want to come on the show, but we'll hope you hopefully. Oh, I definitely want to come on more often. <laughs> Y'all need to give yourself some grace. You need to come on with Dakota and just argue with him the whole oh time. Gosh. That's no, what no. I'm here for. He's <laughs> an idiot, I'll, dog. I'll, 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 I'll throw him under the bus, dude. I'll drive it over him. Dude, back you want to go forward over, and everything. Drive over him, dog. run back over, back over him, everything. Exactly, oh. dog. I don't know the gears. I'm going to keep messing around so I hit him enough. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> so, but with that, this is the athlete's table.
This is a Beyond Sports Media production, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube.